We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Basketball podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, March 3rd. Nick Whalen joined, as usual, on Thursdays by RotoWire's own James Anderson. Um, I know you weren't able to see what happened in, in L.A. last night, but the Clippers blew a huge lead. We'll talk about that. Obviously, they rebound tonight and have to play at Golden State. We'll break down that game, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the prospects that we like. You're writing about Jalen Brown today. That should be up on the site when? Uh, you know, maybe maybe this evening, maybe tomorrow morning. Tough to say. I got I got it in I got it in a little later than I usually do on my my Thursday article. So wouldn't be surprised if my editor just was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just do some do something productive with the rest of my days. <laughs> Who knows when this article is coming <laughs> in? So okay, uh, yeah. Well, so it'll be up sometime. Uh, we can't give you a firm timetable on that. I know you're you're kind of doing like 
the rappers now and just kind of surprise drop your columns, yep. uh, you know, to create anticipation. So maybe it'll be dropping exclusively on title. I don't know. Um, I should dropping... I should start releasing my articles on title. <laughs> will it drop before? The Lil Wayne Two Chains collab album, which is scheduled, and I say scheduled because that doesn't mean it's actually going to happen because that's how it seems to go lately. But scheduled to drop at midnight tonight. Ideally, they'll both drop around midnight, and you can just have one of the best nights of all time. Listen to that album and and read my <laughs> article. Uh, what is your excitement level for this album? I know mine's about a fourteen out of ten. I think you're probably going to be considerably less than that. I'm at like a three out of ten. Three out of ten. Three out of ten. You, I thought you loved Little Wayne. I. Do you hate Two Chains that much? I don't like Two Chains. I have no expectation that anything Kanye brings to the table on this will compare to Life of Pablo, and I, I'm like Little Wayne's okay. Like he, he was. I thought his verse on M's with ASAP Rocky was really good, and. That's really the only thing I've liked of his over the past like four or five years. So, uh, you know, I I just I don't I might might listen to this at some point, especially if you're just pumping it like crazy next week. Then maybe I'll maybe, maybe I'll listen to it. But I could see myself going like a month or two without listening to anything off that album. I just like why <laughs> you know like, it's not like you have all these other albums backlog that you're waiting to listen to. That's just ignorant. I'm still banging. I'm still banging Evil and. Uh, and life of Pablo, man, I, I don't, I don't okay. got time for that okay, stuff. Fine, well, <laughs> it, it takes time to appreciate, that's for sure. So the Thunder blow a huge, huge lead to the Clippers last night. I turned this one on right as the second half was starting, and was very disappointed. I think the Clippers had something like thirty-eight or thirty-nine points um, at the half, and they were down close to twenty at that point. I was kind of disappointed that you know what looked like a good game on paper wasn't looking like that was going to be the case. Obviously, I was wrong. Clippers just stormed back in the fourth quarter. They were down 16 to start the period. They were down 14 with right around five and a half minutes left, closed the game on a 22-4 to run. Complete meltdown, really, by Oklahoma City. I know you weren't able to watch this, but what do you think, you know, with Oklahoma City having to play less than 24 hours from the end of that game at Golden State, a team that they somewhat similarly melted down against last weekend, not, you know, certainly didn't blow a huge lead, like this, although they were up quite a bit for for the majority of that game, they were up four with less than 15, with less than fifteen seconds left, and, and we know what happened from there. But do you think a loss like this can serve as motivation for Oklahoma City uh, to try to go out and beat Golden State on the back to back, or do you think this is kind of starting to pile on because all of a sudden they've lost six out of ten? I think that they are up against the ropes right now, maybe as much as you can be for a team with their record in the regular season just because of what you mentioned their their last uh, few games have have been games that they obviously really wanted to win one of them they uh blew late i mean i i don't i don't i don't want to say anyone blows a game when they lose a game to the warriors that they had a you know four or five point lead on with not much time remaining because not, no leads really safe against that team, but they, they hung tough in that game. And then that obviously wasn't a, a great showing last night. They, no, it wasn't. they, the thing is like they could come out and be extremely fired up for this game. It's on national TV. Everyone's going to be watching it and everything. And it probably doesn't matter because you have an extremely well-rested Steph Curry, uh, well-rested Iggy, uh, th- uh, Warriors team that, that last played Tuesday at home, so they're not traveling at all. They've had a night off. 
they're at home, like you said. I I just don't really see them losing this game to anyone, <laughs> like let alone a fire, even a fired up Thunder team. So I, I think, you know, if you said you'll give me the Warriors minus five or something like that, I'd, I'd probably take that. I, I don't see it being a one possession game late. At lunch today, RotoWire's DJ Trainer said he, he expects OKC to get beat by fifteen to twenty five. I don't I don't see that. I think that there's going to be too much pride from from Westbrook and Durant but I I guess you know a 10 point loss wouldn't surprise me maybe maybe Golden State though I, I feel like if they were 10 and, and what happened last weekend had happened in Golden State and now they're playing at home mm-hmm. I would feel a little bit differently but I just I don't they have nothing working in their favor right now no I mean they do have two of the five best players on the planet do, that works in so favor. that's that's something they don't have a good coach they don't we were talking about their complete lack of a shooting guard in the franchise's history since since ray allen was the shooting guard for the sonics they haven't had a quality shooting guard other other than james arden who was a sixth man yeah we went through this morning and i think we looked back starting with it must have been 09 or 2010 basically going back to the jeff well, Green era. it all started because you you made the case that i i even without having watched the game i could definitely see being valid that a lot of the reason they lost was because Andre Roberson was out there right. and everyone and the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors were the first ones to start doing this with, with Tony Allen last year. And now everyone just kind of does that with uh, a defense only guy. You just leave him, you just completely ignore him on, on defense. And uh, at that point, if you're the opposing coach, it's not like a game of chicken, you know, like it's not like a hack, a, DeAndre or something where you're like, all right, we'll we'll let him keep fouling him. Like at that point, you got to get him out of there and you got to put someone else in because well, Robertson doesn't give you what DeAndre gives you right, right, throughout right. the rest of the game. You know, like there's there's a reason that they leave and out there. I thought you made a good point too. Like, sure, he's an above average wing defender, but he's not like Tony Allen in his prime. You know, he's not no. he's not even close to like some of the best wing defenders. He's not can't can't sniff Kawhi Leonard you know in that regard so it's not like it's a give and take I mean you're he's probably not doing uh much on the other end of the ball on the other floor and if if the other team's scared of him defensively it's pretty easy to just not go to the guy that he's guarding whereas on offense it's a complete liability yeah as the Clippers were making that comeback last night they had pulled it within eight with about four and a half left OKC uh, came down, missed a jumper, Clippers missed a jumper, and then it went back to OKC, and they had a long possession. Uh, Westbrook had it tipped away, almost went uh, almost an over and back, and then he ended up having actually an over and back a couple possessions later. And, you know, scramble possession, three seconds left, it ends up in the hands of Robertson, and whoever was guarding him, I, th- I think it was probably Jamal Crawford at that point, I assume that's where they'd want to hide him, just, just didn't. He, he just backed off him. He let him shoot a wide-open wing three and kind of shaded toward Durant to prevent that. I mean, if you were the Clippers, you would much rather have a wide open Robertson three than a contested Durant three. And, you know, what happened? Short, rimmed it, went out of bounds, Clippers went down, uh, and scored a bucket on the other end, made a six point game, and that was that. How concerned are like what what percentage chance do you give the Thunder of holding on to the three seed? Because percentage chance? Yeah. They're they're a game and a half up on the Clippers right now. I think they'll hold on to it. I think the the worst of their season is behind them, at least after this game. 
uh, on yeah. Thursday night. If I, I'm assuming they lose, I mean, maybe they win, and this looks like a statement win. And they only have one game against the Bucks left, so that's right. And that's the other one that circled <laughs> on the schedule. Um, that that war you go you go Warriors Bucks Spurs. I mean, that's that's a that's a gauntlet. <laughs> the, the yeah, and I think that's the, well the way the Bucks are playing. I mean, <laughs> the Pacers close last night. No, I, I think I, I'm like the Pacers close. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do though. They go. They go. This is crazy. They go Clippers Warriors at Bucks on Sunday. <laughs> you would just walk into the Bradley Center, new blimp uh, recently. Yeah, you would just walk yeah, in there no. and get a win, and then they're home to the Clippers next Wednesday. After that, it softens up a bit with Minnesota, but then you're at San Antonio next weekend. Mm-hmm. Luckily for them, those games are a little bit more spaced out. Down the stretch, I would say their schedule is probably average mm-hmm. to slightly above average difficulty. There's some tough games, but there's a there's a good handful of games that they should win without yes. any problem. Yes. So I think I think once they get through this stretch, I mean this is this five six game stretch where they go. I guess we can extend it eight game stretch where you include Golden State twice, the Clippers twice, and the Spurs with the Bucks. On the road, sprinkled in there. You really, you really don't want to be the four seed. Like, no. that's the. Well, you got you don't want to play the Warriors in round two. Well, right, that, there's like, that. I don't think you're worried about playing Memphis. You know, no, but I mean, like, yeah, you want to you want to have two rounds before right. facing the Warriors. Yes, absolutely. I there's you don't want you don't want to face the Warriors. I think a couple months ago it was somewhat of a debate over where you didn't want to play the Spurs or the Warriors, but I think mm-hmm. right now there's a clear favorite. Oh, yeah. You don't want to play either of those teams, no. but. I think you would definitely prefer to play the Spurs, and which sounds crazy because I mean, if there any, if there's been a franchise that you wouldn't want to face in a playoff setting over the last 15 years, it would be the Spurs. But the Warriors have have widened the gap that much, and we're saying that about a team that's 51 and nine. Who would you take in a series right now if it started today between the Spurs and the Thunder? And assuming the Spurs, the Spurs have home court, the Spurs are going to have home court. Um, I. I, I'm kind of a. I would have to say the Thunder. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about the Spurs team that it that that game where they got absolutely shelled against Golden State kind of that kind of broke the mm-hmm. mystique that this team could be quite as you know was right there with Golden State to me. And and to be fair, I mean they're ten games up on OKC, so maybe I'm sure I'm selling the Spurs short here, but. I think I would be tempted to go OKC. I wouldn't be surprised at all if OKC won that series. I would wonder what Vegas would think about that. Spurs are undefeated at home. They've yeah. they've kind of mastered the art of just never losing games they should win. You know, like they right. they they don't lose to bad teams ever at home. I mean, they never they they don't lose to bad teams. Period. Really, and they can sit guys and still handle their business against bad teams. Like that. Right. Right. I mean, like so. Like that. That they're perfect. Kind of in the regular season. I think in the playoffs. You know the Kawhi Durant matchup would be pretty key, and I wonder what it'd be. I, I'd just be fascinated to see that series unfold with what Popovich would decide to do strategically in terms of, you know, I think he might try to make Russell Westbrook just go out and like beat them single handedly and just focus on shutting Durant down, and I think that that could possibly play to their advantage just because defensively, I don't think the Thunder are good enough to really stop, you know, the well-oiled machine that right. is the, the Spurs offense. For the Thunder to win, it would take a vintage Durant series and Westbrook not having a game or two where he maybe costs you something at the end of the game. And you'd need, you'd need like, one big game from Cantor. You'd need, right. like, uh, 
a Dion Waiters night where he where he goes for fifteen or twenty or something like that, and maybe maybe one or two big Abaka games in there. Right. So uh, I think I'd take the Spurs, but I mean that if that's a if that's a second round series, then man, that that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I I do think that the Spurs match up well with OKC because of the Robertson thing. Uh, you can hide Tony Parker on Robertson or mm-hmm. Foy Singler. There's a size. Would, I I just think the Donovan Popovich thing would just uh, it could it could get ugly. Like there, there would be so many like in-game adjustments that would just be right there, blatantly obvious for Donovan to make, and you could just totally see him not yeah. seeing them and not making them. Well, even just like. Going back to Saturday's game, like not calling a timeout when Durant is like tipping out of bounds. Right, 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 right. You're like, how, you're right there. How yeah. do you not call a timeout? You you've left a timeout on the board. I, right. Just things like that. Yeah, and I do think you can hide Parker on Robertson. You put Kawhi on Durant. You put Danny Green on Westbrook. I don't know if there's a good matchup in the league for Westbrook, but if you're the Spurs and you have a, an aging, bad defender point guard in Parker, mm-hmm. you, like there there are not many teams who have a shooting guard like Green that you can just throw it, on him. If you're playing. If you're the Thunder and you play the Spurs, like you should give Robertson zero minutes in that series, essentially, because that's that's giving the Spurs a free pass at hiding Parker Unless defensively. You want Robertson guarding Kawhi or Green. I I think you just let uh, I think you just let Durant. I mean, you're not going to guard in that series. Kawhi. Kawhi, I think. Kawhi draws a decent amount of fouls. I I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I think Kawhi would murder Robertson. Like, I don't think that that's like a. Yeah, but who else are you gonna put on him? You know, like if he murders Robertson, how bad is he gonna murder Foy or Singler? Well, I mean, I, it's not a good match. That's why Kawhi Kawhi's one of the five or six best players in the league. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's no, there's no easy way around it. But I don't think that like you, I don't think you should be sitting there saying, "Well, we got to get Robertson in there because he's our Kawhi stopper." Like Kawhi would <laughs> Kawhi would torch him, you know. So it's not like Robertson is like <laughs> Robertson Robertson's like built to guard like bigger point guards and like kind of standard shooting guards like Kawhi would just have too much size too much length too much strength on Robertson for that to be you know a 50-50 battle on that end I think the x factor for the Spurs is going to be Aldridge because this is the Spurs team minus Aldridge is a team that was knocked out in the first round by the Clippers mm-hmm. at home in game 7 uh, last season, and well, no, that game seven was in, is in in LA, right? Because the Clippers ended up falling, or the Spurs, the Spurs were the six seed. Yeah, okay, so Parker was hard. pretty banged up. Yeah, that's true. Too. That's true. Um, but I'm just saying, like this, I think Aldridge is the difference maker mm-hmm. that, that makes this team, you know, 51 and nine right now, as opposed to where wherever they were at this point last year. I don't think he's a guy that necessarily has, you know gobs of playoff experience where you, you necessarily feel comfortable just tossing him the ball but Aldrich on Ibaka's would be a would be a good matchup yeah, I mean that's going to be the matchup like that that's that that's one that on. yeah I mean you can't really I can't really think of anyone in the league who I think is more uh set up to to guard LaMarcus Aldridge than Serge Ibaka so that that would be I mean there'd, there'd be all kinds of fun matchups in that one so I mean that's definitely going to be the best series prior to the Western Conference Finals. So Memphis at five, we'll assume just for, for this sake that the standings hold up. You think the Clippers would beat them. Golden State knocks off whoever's the eight seed in four games. Clippers-Warriors, is that a five-game series or four-game series? 
three game series. That's a four. That's a four game. That's a four game series. I think so too. Is it is Golden State OKC in the first round a four game series if that were to come or a second round? Sorry. Um, Golden State OKC. Yeah, if OKC was to get uh, no, I I think I think the Thunder would win at least one, maybe two. I I like I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if. Just given the fact that they have Westbrook and Durant, if they pushed it to seven, I don't, I don't see them winning it at all without an injury. But like, I could see them winning the three at home. I think Golden State. It was kind of lucky in a way, and I know this term has been thrown out a ton with them. Like, in a way that how they ended up with that Cavs team last year, there was there was more room for error, I think, for them because they kind of had. They were a little deer in the headlights for those first like two and a half games of that series. Mm-hmm. They didn't look anything like the, the Warriors that we had seen. There was a lot of tentativeness with Curry, especially. There's a reason he wasn't the... It's kind of what you expect. Right. I'm saying I think they got that out of their system. Yeah, last yeah that's... Like, that's not going to happen. Like there, there's not going to be... They're not going to have a lapse this year where they come in and just get blown out in a game one or two. Like, you're right. going to have to play your A game for four games. I think that that's... that's people don't... People love to throw out the fact that... Well, you know, when the Cavs play them this year, if they have a healthy Kyrie, like that, they were up two one in that series. Like that, that series was not remotely close after no. after the first three games. So, I don't see. I mean, you're right. Like Draymond Green was kind of the key guy that like Steph wasn't making shots, but Draymond wasn't being Draymond, and that that probably led to some of Steph missing shots. And then once Draymond became Draymond again in that series it was it was completely over the Cavs missed their chance game four right. at home with a chance to go up 3-1 that was I think everybody we probably said it on the podcast like that needed to be a win for Cleveland you can mm-hmm. go back to Golden State tied and I mean they didn't win another game after that I think that was pretty obvious um okay let's get to prospect stuff so Jalen Brown again who you're writing about on the site we'll see when that's up why isn't there more hype for this guy I mean this is in your mock draft that we talked about last week he was third to Phoenix I think he's basically a consensus three through five or six type of guy no matter what mock draft you're looking at why is there not more hype for him so I think Pac-12 guys get overlooked in general but the fact that he's on Cal and not on like UCLA or Arizona I think just kind of adds to that fact of him getting overlooked like I don't think you know, a lot of the people that write about the sport live, you know, in ACC country or, or Big East country, or even like if you're just in Big Ten or Big 12 country, like you got to stay up pretty late to watch most of the Cal games. And everyone's just been sucked into this, you know, first like first month or six weeks of the season, it was just all Ben Simmons. Like that was really the dominant story with the NBA draft is you know, when's Ben Simmons playing next? And then like recently it's kind of been, well, can Brandon Ingram possibly leap him for that, that number one spot? And that's just kind of dominated the the storylines. And I think that, you know, some of that's fair. Like, I mean, we, it's clearly, those are the two big time prizes in this draft. So I think it's, it's understandable that people are, are kind of focused on them, but I think, and I even like I wrote about Jalen Brown six weeks ago, and I, I wouldn't, I didn't think he was, you know, a guy that I would be super pumped to take third overall at that point because at the, I think back then he was shooting maybe thirty percent from three and you know, 44, 43, 45 percent from the field, something like that, and not shooting a good percentage from the line, 
and just kind of looked like one of those super athletic wings that could give you a good defense and, and maybe maybe be like a Tyreek Evans type of player, but not someone that you could see turning into a star. But I think, you know, he's actually gotten a lot better uh, once conference play's gotten going. He's shooting like 36% from three in conference play. Uh, he's actually got the exact same shooting percentage from the field as Buddy Heald in conference play at 48%. So he's been a lot more efficient on offense. He's really kind of come into his own a little bit. And there's just so much like once he kind of answered the question of is is there a chance this guy could be able to shoot at an average or better clip then you just start to fall in love with the rest of his game because he can do so many things that you you just really really look for in wings and we're going to see guys like you know Kent Bazemore, Alan Crabb, guys just get super paid this offseason that you wouldn't really typically expect to get that kind of money but it's because it's so hard to find those guys and if you can get a guy like Jalen Brown who would immediately be one of like the 10 most explosive players in the league and there's a chance that he can shoot too then that that becomes really appealing and I think one of like there's a couple things I really like about him Uh, one being he doesn't like the ball doesn't stop when it gets to him like he might drive or shoot but he's not sitting there like, you know, sh- shifting his pivot and and doing a little rip throughs and stuff like he he gets it and he kind of knows what he wants to do with it right away, which uh, makes I think that ups his floor a bit in the NBA. Like he's not a guy that I, I can see bogging down an offense and kind of being a, a ball stopper. And he doesn't chuck jumpers either. Like he he'll shoot an open three, or you know if a guy's just really kind of taking away his drive, he'll he'll shoot the ball. But he's not gonna just catch and shoot like Deion Waiters or or even Jamal Murray to the point where it could hurt an offense. And uh, I love his motor too. Like he he's like the opposite of. Did you say he has a high motor? <laughs> yeah, like he he's like kind of the opposite. Like I I loved Andrew Wiggins in college, despite this. But I mean everyone would always bring up the fact that he was a little tentative and you know tons of guys and like Kawhi has been given that label before this season of, of being a little tentative on offense uh Brown's not tentative at all and he it's all kind of positive energy too like he's not just playing out of control or anything he's just he wants to get to the rack and score and and just there's there's really few flaws in his game outside of the fact that he's not shoot I mean he's not shooting 40% from 3 so if you want to knock him on that you can but I think that as a 19 year old uh who seems to have a pretty good work ethic you can project him to get to at least 36 or 38% in the NBA and he's not shooting well from the free throw line but I mean that's that's one that I think should turn around a little bit too so I, I really don't see many things that you could knock him for at this point what is his position at the NBA level you're going to see him listed mostly as a forward obviously more of a small forward does he profile more as a wing type of guy to you, or do you see him more as a shooting guard who maybe handles the ball a little bit more? I think he's kind of a, a tweener on just what what does your team need at shooting guard or small forward, kind of like kind of like a Stanley Johnson, you know, where or even like Andrew Wiggins, like where you could play the three, you could play the two, just kind of depends who else is out there. And on defense, I think he could guard. Uh, he could guard some ones. He could guard almost all twos and almost all threes. So that's a big 
thing that teams look for, obviously, is a guy that can switch off of uh, a three to a one or, or two to a one. And I think there's even, you know, if he's playing the the Warriors or, or something like that, he could switch on to Barnes if Barnes is at the four. He could even maybe switch on to Draymond if, if Draymond's at the five. So uh, defensively, he can he can guard a lot of positions. I, I think it's, it's very contextual, though, in terms of what team he's on as to whether he plays the three or the two. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's certainly good to have the versatility. We talked a little bit about potential comps for him, and it's tough. I, I did like one that you came up with. That was Latrell Sprewell. I think he's he's bigger, uh, not necessarily height-wise, but width-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got an NBA body. He measured in at 222 mm-hmm. uh, at the Nike Hoop Summit this summer. Six, six and a half with shoes, so, you know, prototypical size, really, for that swingman type of player. Seven-foot wingspan. Great athlete. I mean, Spree was basically in attack mode at all times. Is mm-hmm. that what you see in Brown that kind of reminds you of him? Yeah, I think uh, I think just, yeah, his just relentlessness when he gets kind of ahead of steam going towards the hoop, he's he doesn't give up on plays either. You know, he's just, you know, gets a lot of his own offensive rebounds and, and goes back up. You know, maybe you could see maybe a little Andre Iguodala in there. Maybe uh, it's, it's just a tough, his, his athleticism and explosiveness are just so elite that it's hard to compare. Like there, there, I see like a little bit of DeMar DeRozan in his game too, but there's just a different level of burst there. And he's probably he doesn't move as fluidly as DeRozan kind of, you know, DeRozan was a guy who'd handle the ball quite a bit, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, Brown, it seems like it's more straight line attacking as opposed to kind of trying to use well, dribble moves. I think, yeah, there's a lot of straight line stuff, but he he also in the half court does a lot of kind of weaving to get to the cup that like a guy like Harden does where you see him get by his man and then there's two men still in between him and the hoop and he finds a way to get in between both of them and, and get a shot up and get fouled. So... It's it's just he doesn't have like a, a crazy good handle, but given where he's going to play in the NBA, I think it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, he's got a good enough handle to to get to the rack. I think from a frame and a build standpoint, he reminds me of Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Butler's listed at six seven two twenty. I mean, they're they're basically identical there. Do you see any similarities? I mean, Butler maybe seems like a bit of a lofty comp, but it's it's hard to it's easy to forget. I should say how how similar I think their college games were. I mean, Butler was a guy who didn't even take two three-pointers a game at Marquette. He was playing a lot at three, even Mm -hmm. four, with with the lineups that they were using. Six rebounds, two assists, very similar to Brown there, 15.7 points. I mean, the numbers stack up quite a bit. Of course, that's Butler as a junior, not as a freshman. Um, But do do you see that kind of maybe lead ball handler, lead scorer type of future for Jalen Brown, or is he maybe more of a secondary or third type of piece? I think the big difference just right now between those two and when, when Butler was in college too is, and some of this might have to do with the, the offense they were running at Marquette, but Brown is just at home in the open court. Like he's always trying to push the ball, always leaking out. I mean, he's had just, I was looking at some of his last couple games. He's had multiple like alley-oops from half court and, that's not really stuff that Butler was doing, really. I mean, Butler's more at, more at home in the half court, I think, even even in the NBA. Uh, but then, you know, you, I think it's it's a pretty good comp physically, like you said. Uh, 
versatility wise on on offense playing multiple positions and then just kind of how Butler's developed his jump shot since he got into the league I think that 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 could be a similar comp I, I think ideally at least first two or three years you don't want Brown to be uh, racking up high usage rates you want him to be kind of the third option maybe and someone that gets a lot of his points off of putbacks and lobs and fast break uh points I, I don't think he's quite polished enough to to handle like the the lead scorer role or even maybe the second scorer role on most teams but if he's going to go third overall or fourth overall he's probably going to go to a team where that might be the case could you kind of see him maybe being a harrison barnes type of player you know big time recruit good college career but never quite maybe the the elite elite type of prospect that you know, he once maybe looked like as a sophomore or junior in high school? Uh, I don't think so, just because Brown's kind of a lock to go top four, I think, at this mm-hmm. point. Barnes fell a little bit in a in a bit of a weak draft. Well, nobody expected him to come back as a sophomore either, right? That's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Brown's one and done for sure. sure. And also, you know, Barnes is another guy who's a little tentative at times, I think, and that sometimes plays against him whereas brown definitely doesn't really have much of that so i i think just from kind of researching him since the last time i wrote about him i left really impressed and would you know obviously you want a top two pick in this draft but if you get the third pick it's still you know there's a chance that you could be getting a future all-star there sure okay last question on brown uh, then before we move on to a few other quick hitting prospect questions, what's the best fit for him? I mean, we know he's in that three through five range. Suns, uh, the Celtics could be up there depending on where that Brooklyn pick falls. Minnesota, maybe New Orleans. Denver could jump up. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Sixers and Lakers who are kind of at one, two right now, but who knows where that's going to end up. Is there one team or maybe a couple teams where he seems to fit a little better than he would somewhere else? I like him a lot as a laker i think that that would be a a pretty prime spot for him he's kind of similar in a lot of ways to julius randall so like at least initially that might not be the best fit uh, with those two alongside each other at the forward spots but once ingram's three-pointer develops a bit more then i think it would be a, a pretty solid fit between those two guys and they don't really have anyone on the roster that i would consider a even in like an average wing defender. So I think just having him for, for that purpose would be nice. I know, I know, <laughs> I know Lakers fans would, would want to kill themselves if they didn't get a top two pick here, but, uh, well, they lose it if it goes out of the top three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Which is, which would be, that would be, that'd be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I think really anyone's a fit on the suns at this point, you know, who knows, who knows who He's like, I'm an ideal fit though. Right. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess, like you said, anybody really is, but you have you'd like to think Bledsoe and Knight, and going they're forward. they're clearly not all that high on T.J. Warren anymore. Like oh, he's hurt, right? I mean, I but even high, okay, right? well, even before he got hurt, like he was getting kind of yanked around a little bit. Sure, and he's he's a one way guy. Uh, I mean, anybody like. Anybody Suns that are not in a position to pass up this kind of talent. No, I don't. I don't really think anyone is. If, if you miss out on the top two, you know, even if it was, you know, Minnesota, I think he'd be a, a fine fit. 
I mean, New Orleans needs all the help they can get. Uh, you know, there's there's not really a bad spot for him to go. I think I think. Uh, so what's what's the Raptors get the Knicks pick right if it's right they they get their pick no matter what right. There's um, a weird situation where the Knicks the Knicks are for sure without a pick, but they. The Nuggets have, I think, the Knicks okay, pick, right. and then the Nuggets owe one of the picks to the Raptors. So, so the Nuggets get the higher one no matter of, what. Of between their pick and the Knicks pick, they're okay. being the Nuggets. The lower, the worst pick of those two is going to go to Toronto. Because, I mean, the Raptors would be an awesome spot for him, but that, sure. that doesn't sound possible. Well, it like, is there a team that might try to trade up and grab him? I mean, is he, is he a Winslow type of candidate where we might see better teams maybe move up and think he can make an instant impact and maybe not view him as much of a project? Well... That's an interesting spot because you could definitely see some teams possibly maybe maybe a, um, a worse run team not getting a top two pick and then looking to trade down considering this a, a two player draft. So yeah, that's not that's definitely in play. I mean, usually I I would never predict uh, trade ups in the NBA draft just because it it usually doesn't happen, especially in the top ten. Like you see a lot of trade ups and, and swaps in the teens, but. Yeah, I could see a, I could see a team getting that third pick, being really pissed, and and just kind of chalking it up to them missing out on the the only two players worth drafting. All right, fantasy football season may be over, but DraftKings.com isn't messing around. DraftKings is America's favorite one week fantasy football site where you can win enormous cash prizes every week. You already researched the players for your season long fantasy team. Turn that knowledge into instant cash at DraftKings.com. Last year, one player turned eleven bucks into four thousand in one weekend. Another one, 100 grand, his first time ever playing. This season alone, six players have won a million dollars just playing fantasy basketball. Keep your season long league where it is, but also play one week fantasy at DraftKings.com to win huge cash this weekend. Head over to DraftKings.com now. Enter our promo code RotoHoops. That'll give you free entry. DraftKings.com, bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter RotoHoops for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Okay, just a couple quick hitting questions on prospects before we get to movies, which we didn't do last week. Um, Kanye kind of took that over, and rightfully so. Most disappointing prospect this season, not named Scal. So that eliminates, I think, one guy. <laughs> right. Are there yeah. any other Scals in the draft? Uh, it's, it's really tough because the, it, this wasn't a great class to begin with. I guess, I guess Czech Diallo from Kansas probably – fits the bill but it's he's still considered a first rounder just based on raw talent is he right? i think I, so from what i've seen i think he's i think he's kind of in he's he's go he's gone the route of the cliff alexander route basically right. where yeah. he's not a lock to go in the first anymore it's kind of crazy how similar the situation is to Alexander. it's honestly if i'm a pros if i'm a if i'm a stud high school recruit i don't know why you would go to kansas like Bill Self's shown time and time again that he's that you're not guaranteed playing time. If it, if it's gonna potentially in his mind hurt the team's chances of winning the Big Twelve, like you're not gonna see the minutes that your your prospect pedigree might warrant. And I'm not even saying he's wrong in that. It's just why risk? You know, if if you're Czech Diallo and you're only playing like 12 minutes a game, why why risk that if you're maybe the next Czech Diallo? Then it, yeah. it just you you know that there's schools like. I wouldn't go to LSU and play for John, for Johnny Jones, but like, you know what what uh, Jalen Brown and Ivan Rab did going to Cal. I mean, even if you just go to like 
go to the, go to Arizona. It's a players program. Okay. Um, this, is, this is messages brought to you by <laughs> the Arizona Wildcat. Can we get them Ontario as a sponsor? Alumni <laughs> no, well, there's there's that trade off of being on a good team. I think can help your stock. I think we've seen that with Kentucky over the last couple of years. But you also have to be in the rotation. You right. Know, Marcus Lee last year wasn't getting his stock bumped up because they they were undefeated until they ran into the. Wisconsin. Yeah, Dakari Johnson went and they go in the second he round. Did go to OKC yeah. in the second round. Yeah, yeah, so a guy like that, exactly. But you can also go the Malik Newman route. He's one of the guys that I have on my list of, of most disappointing. And you kind of go, he went to Mississippi State, played for mm-hmm. Ben Howland. You get to go be like the star recruit there, but. You know, he's just he just hasn't things haven't panned out. He's been he's been a little bit banged up, and the team's not relevant at all. It's you know a lot of people probably don't even know who Malik Newman is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I let's see. I mean, Isaiah Briscoe's kind of fallen a bit, and I don't. I still actually kind of don't, don't mind know, him. I don't know what the the expectations were for him. Really, it's no. hard to say he's been disappointing. He hasn't been great. Um, Trimble a little bit. Just, yeah, just not last year. Maybe I was going to say Trimble last year. Trimble probably should have gone out last year. Uh, you know, if Nick Johnson thinks he can leave when he left, then then Trimble shouldn't come back just to try to win a win a title at Maryland. Does Wisconsin <laughs> lose to Arizona last year if Nick Johnson's there? No, and I think every everyone knows that on both sides of the aisle. Wait, so Wisconsin wins? Uh, no, no, oh, Ar- Arizona. Oh, so Nick wins. Johnson's back. Yeah, Arizona's probably the team that knocks off. Right. Kentucky well, and then, and then if Nick Johnson's back, Arizona might be the team entering the tournament undefeated, and you know. That's actually somewhat realistic. <laughs> like, like, can you imagine Arizona and Kentucky entering the tournament undefeated? That'd, be, that'd have been pretty awesome. Thanks a lot, Nick Johnson. How's the NBA career going? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shots Honestly, fired. Did not think that's where this was going to go. Um, so speaking of disappointing prospects, anyone else besides the guys we mentioned, or should we move on? No, I just I, it's tough in in this class just because I didn't think that there were. I mean, you have Wayne Selden listed as a possibility. He was disappointing like a year or two ago. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. at this point. I thought Selden's actually been good this year compared to expectations because uh, he's he's clearly not much of a NBA prospect anymore. Most surprising prospect. So we'll put this as either somebody who's exceeded your expectations, exceeded national expectations. I guess it could be a bad surprise, too, mm-hmm. although we probably cover that in most disappointing. So who are some of your most surprising prospects? Uh, I think I think Denzel Valentine just emerging as a legitimate like first rounder slash possibly a guy that could go in the back of the back of the lottery. I, you know, just seeing Denzel Valentin play several times, many times in his uh, three years prior to this season, I just never really thought he had a future at all in the NBA. And then now he's basically a lock to go in the first round based on his versatility on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I think nobody would have really pre- predicted him having a shot at, at possibly going in the lottery. No, Henry Ellenson's been surprising to me. Um, not because the expectations were low. I've, I'm just surprised at how legitimate he's been. Mm-hmm. I guess you know a guy who's coming out of a smaller high school in Wisconsin. Not certainly not a, a state that's a factory mm-hmm. for basketball. I mean we've we've seen some guys with with hype come out and, and not really be as advertised. But he's he's been the real deal, I and mean, it hasn't necessarily translated to a lot of national publicity or, or wins, which, which go hand in hand for Marquette, but he's played well enough, I think, to maintain his draft stock, if not elevate it since the start of the season, right? Yeah, he's kind of right about where he probably was at the start of the year. I'd, I didn't really know what to think of him coming in, so I, I guess he's not 
all that surprising to me. I, Demetrius Jackson's another guy that I wouldn't have predicted being a guy that I would definitely take in the top ten. So Bryce Johnson, I think he's just played so spectacularly <laughs> efficiently that teams he, are like, well, I mean, we got to he'll get, get this guy. Like he'll get drafted, obviously, but I'm, his complete lack of ability defensively is gonna be probably what what makes or breaks his NBA career. I mean, he can rebound really his rebounding rate is really really great for a player his size and he's he's really efficient on offense, but at a certain point you got to you got to D up a little bit. I mean, he would just get eaten alive by every four in the league. It's weird that he doesn't D up because he has usually those volume rebounder, good you know, he's a decent shot blocker, really athletic. Do, like he has all the all the tools to be a good defender. Does uh does Nigel Hayes fall in the disappointing category at all? I thought about putting him on here, but I think I think the expectations were a little too high with him mm-hmm. going from he had such a good gig last year as kind of the three or four, you know, behind Kaminsky, Decker, and even Koenig. Sometimes mm-hmm. he was just kind of able to pick his spots. He wasn't he wasn't being tasked, you know, with with guarding the opponent's best player or being guarded by the opponent's best player. And I think his his season's gone about as expected. I don't think he's been he hasn't been bad. He certainly hasn't had a, a breakout year, but I think he's been he's been as good as I expected. So I mean, he probably started the year as a maybe a late first rounder, and maybe now he's an early second rounder. So I, I mean, to me, it's maybe a little bit disappointing. But I mean, Wisconsin's going to close out the season second in the Big Ten. They they just knocked off a, a strong Gophers. Maybe maybe he'll come back for another another year at guard. Maybe I think there were I, I had heard that he that he wasn't thrilled with how things were going during the losing streak earlier this year, and that he wanted out, but. I mean, you can never, who knows, with things like this. I'm sure he'll go through the process. I, w- I would happily take him back. I think most Badger fans would. I mean, <laughs> That's big of you. If he, yeah, right. I mean, if he doesn't come back, then it's going to be the Vito Brown show. I would take our best player back. Who is Minnesota's <laughs> best player? I don't know. I mean, our, it, well, he was. No, he's not. He was Nate Mason. Now he's suspended for the season. So Joey King's decent, right? He's a senior, though. Uh, uh, Joey King's got a lot of heart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, which of, the, which of these prospects uh, has the most bust potential? Again, we're going to eliminate Scal from this. Scal, obviously. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he's too obvious, I guess. Diamond Stone, I think, is he just fits the bill of mm-hmm. the, the big man who could totally go either way. Chris Dunn, a little bit, just because he can't shoot. That's a big. That's a big red flag for me. But he, but as we've said on other podcasts, he right. does everything else so well that. Yeah, the thing about Dunn is you probably won't know he's a bust until like three years after he gets drafted because be like right, like it, like you'll keep waiting for the jump shot to come if it doesn't come, and then you'll eventually. I mean, he'll probably be on a second team by the time everyone realizes he's a bust. Uh, you know, I could see it's just what what. Quantify, what qualifies as a bust outside of like the top three or four because like I, I don't think Jakob Pertl is going to do much but if you're a very competent you know you're not a top 10 or top 15 center but if you're still like a competent big man that sees 20 plus minutes a game and you get picked like sixth overall to me that's not even really a bust in this draft no, I so I don't think that I think there might be a, a guy outside of the top three or four that ends up being kind of a revelation and someone that that could be like the third best player on a on a good team but I definitely don't think it'll be Pirtle I don't, I don't really think it'll be Ellenson uh relative to 
what some people think of him. I'm down on Murray a little bit, but you know, busts. I think I think you hit Diamond Stone. He's he's a pretty good pretty good answer there. When are you gonna write about Furkan Korkmaz? When is <laughs> Dude, the feature coming? Who knows, man? It's <laughs> such a whirlwind of, of prospects right now. I think eventually, eventually Furkan will get get written about. Okay. Okay. So on the other end of the spectrum from that last question, who's who are the safest picks? Is Ben how safe is Ben Simmons at this point? How confident are you that he's going to be at least a a, a lower tier star at the minimum in, in the NBA? Yeah, I think Simmons is extremely safe. I don't see any real bus bus potential there. Like it, it would really be a, a big time shock if he didn't end up being an, an all star at some point. I think I I mean I've said it. Said it before. I think Buddy Heald's really safe if you're just looking for a shooter. Like I mean, it's it's not that hard to be a really quality NBA player if you can shoot above forty percent from three. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both of those. Um, Jamal Murray seems fairly safe. To yeah, me if, if you, you know if, yeah, into. if the expectations are correct, then I think Murray's really safe. Yeah. Okay. Great. So. All right, we'll get to movies in a sec first. Uh, just a message from one of our sponsors, Wix.com. Do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your live website running today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor. There's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer, nor do you need to be a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, probably too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. Because you're too busy, that process has to be easy. That's where Wix comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and it's free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. That's Wix, W-I-X.com to create your own website. The result is stunning. All right, drum roll, please. Let's get down to business. What do we got today? <laughs> uh, all right, so these, I'm mostly working with some recommendations from our office manager, Kevin O'Brien, here. Uh, You're taking outside. I'll outsource this job. It's you getting paid. Uh, so, you know, most of these tend to be. Uh, kind of the same genre when I'll ask you, you know, about Scorsese movies and then I'll ask you about like Nick Cage movies. Uh, this, this, these movies all kind of fit a, a genre, uh, if you will. Uh, let's start with, <laughs> let's start with the movie. Uh, let's start with the movie beer fest. Beer fest. Um, I've seen, I've seen bits and pieces of this one. All right. The that's guy from super troopers. Is yep. It? Yep. Uh, well, I guess I guess I won't have to ask you about Super Troopers. I, yeah, I have seen Super <laughs> Troopers a bunch of times. Okay, all right. That's on the short list of movies okay. that I enjoy. All right. What's the guy's name? Jay? Is it Chandra Deskar? Real long. Yeah. Like, well, like all five of those guys oh, are, are in, in both that? of both of the movies. They're okay. they're like I don't, I don't watch movies too closely. No. Um, <laughs> clearly, yeah. So they, they, it's like a it's like a like a decathlon basically of beer related right uh events right it's, sure there's you know as usual i think i've said this every time hijinks ensue and they really do in this one somebody falls into a beer vat and they mm-hmm. have to drink their way out classic you know there's the stereotypical german team that's yep. sure uh, 
you know, really into drinking beer. Snobby. Yeah, they're kind of yeah. the, the big. They're like the Soviet. They'll Union. win win at all casts. Yeah, exactly. They're like the Soviet <laughs> Union versus uh, you sure. know, these the average Joes. It, well, here it's like average Joes versus Globo Gym and Dodgeball. It, it, Boom. It is well. I guess I won't be asking um, you about Dodgeball. So yeah, Beer Fest. That might be the first one that I've actually wow. been somewhat accurate about. Man, you did it. Uh, yeah. All right, this one. Right. How about the movie Basketball? I hear this movie referenced all the time, and I've never seen it. I've seen it. I remember. I remember as a little kid going to Family Video in uh, Kakana, Wisconsin. Sure. I would always want to pick it out because I, was, I thought it was like a you know like oh. Baseball, I love baseball. Basketball, mm-hmm. I love basketball. This looks like a great movie. My parents were always like, no, we're not, you're not getting that one. Probably so, for the best. Probably, yeah. And I mean, who knows? I haven't seen it. But I'm going to guess that there's, there's a blend of be- basketball and, and baseball. And, you know, people these people create this new sport, and it kind of takes off. But then hijinks ensue. And, you know, there's some sort of villain probably comes in and, and shuts it down. <laughs> That's actually pretty close. Um, they they don't I don't think they come up with the sport, but they they play in it. They're they're two players in the sport of of basketball, and uh, you know a greedy businesswoman schemes against their team. Um, looking at the IMDb page right now, they're wearing jer- their jerseys. Like the team name on their jerseys is beers, just beers. So like the beers, the beers. yeah, they'd be the beers. Okay. Um, all right, so you yeah you had uh, a pretty good idea of what that one was. Um, You're being less condescending this week. This is. Great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about uh, American Pie? Which one? Oh, you've seen you've seen multiple. Have you seen multiple American Pies? I don't know. I've seen some. I, I okay. It could all be the same one over and over. So we found. I think we've successfully found a genre of movie that Waylon has seen uh, the bulk the, the bulk of the bulk of. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, American Pie. You know, Stifler. Sure. Uh, wow, this isn't even them. fun. You know all. You know all about these movies. Stifler's mom like has you know has an affair with the sure. Guy. Yeah, kinda, he's not nerdy. I don't yeah. know what is. I don't know how to describe just him. Just a Carol. weird weirdo. Just a weird dude. Yeah, you know, there's Nadia. Nadia. Yeah. Oh yes, Nadia. Yep, sure. The, the foreign exchange student, of course, uh, who finds her way <laughs> onto the internet. High drinks and Sue. High drinks definitely. This, this is the high and Sue movie. Um, that that could just be the synopsis. It's right. high drinks and Sue because they do. A lacrosse guy uh, sings a James Taylor song. <laughs> Um, you know, he's kind of head over heels with this girl. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you're going to like really not play your state championship lacrosse game to go sing with this girl. Like, I don't know, man. And so that, I mean, for me, there's a lot of questions after the movie, but I have seen it. All right. So we'll end it with probably my favorite of the movies I've asked you about, but probably, well, definitely I think the least well known of, of the Excellent. bunch, uh, just, just to hope. Hope that I can stump you on one. Uh, all right. The movie is Out Cold. Have you seen the movie Out Cold? So Roy from The Office <laughs> is, in, is in this movie. Uh, Let me – here. How about this? I'll uh, I'll read you a quote from the movie poster of a, a okay. critic. Hilarious roller coaster laugh fest. 
um, yeah, yeah. So there's, I don't, there's a good there's a good hint for you. No, so they're, like, they, they're snowmobile, not snowmobile, snowboarding. Like yeah, I don't know what you call them? Like, they, like would, would you call them like snowmob- snowboarding bums? Like they just kind of work at this hill yes. and just kind of chill yes. and party. And this is a hundred percent correct yeah, right ton, now. A ton of hijinks and sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, somebody gets an extremity <laughs> stuck in a hot tub at one point. You've seen it? Yeah. yeah. Seen it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. I, I, no, I haven't seen it. No, um, I'm just guessing. No. Yeah. I I thought from your reaction when I said it that you hadn't seen it. Okay. Yeah. No. I, so I, you've, I you, you've seen really every single one of these except for basketball, but you yeah. you knew what basketball was about. I mean, I mean it's pretty easy to figure that one out. Yeah. 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 So I've, I've seen. Wow. I, it's pretty funny. I don't know. It's not that funny. Well, I would know. Good, good job. I mean, I got to give you big time props. Um, we'll definitely ramp up the difficulty next week. Yeah. Get back to some more one word mm-hmm. uh, movie titles. Yeah, I'll be coming in hot next week. <laughs>